Good afternoon. It's Chris Aldrich of bafosaco.com. It's been a while since I've done a microcast, but I thought I would uh, spend a few minutes and outline something I've been thinking about for the past two or more years. Uh, and in particular, that's how to apply some indie web principles to disrupt the major academic research publishing uh, silos that exist. So in particular, uh, the the big problem is, I think most see it, is there are a handful of large journals, and particularly uh, five big major uh, publishers who charge researchers anywhere from hundreds to several thousands of dollars to uh, oversee and edit and push peer review for publishing academic research and then they turn around take the copyright for that uh, and typically take full ownership of it and then turn around and sell subscriptions to those academic journals for not just thousands but sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars to large institutions so uh, academic research is getting nipped at both ends of the cow so to speak uh, and this academic publishing setup is a business on the order of uh, multi-billions of dollars. Uh, so how can one use principles of the IndieWeb to help subvert this? And as I see it, uh, big parts of it include instead, instead of publishing in this traditional route, researchers, professors, teachers, uh, scholars can publish on their own website. Uh, and this kind of follows uh, some of the philosophy of the domain of one's own uh, field that already exists in academia. So it's not very expensive for, particularly for researchers who are doing this already. In fact, it's much less expensive for them to have their own domain name, have their own website, and to publish to it. Uh, and typically that is on the order of maybe $100 a year at the very worst. Um, obviously there's some infrastructure issues, but I think most universities could pick these up as well as the tech portion for managing them for pennies on the dollar in comparison to what they're doing for the large, uh, uh research publishing industry. So we'll let some of that sit aside, but, uh, researchers could then, uh, in own their entire research workflow from reading other articles. They can bookmark them, they can indicate that they've read them, they can annotate them and save all of that data onto their own website. But even more so when it comes to be time to publish, they can publish their journal article on their own website and then they can push it out uh, to anyone who wants to subscribe to it. So the other big piece of this uh, publishing empire that's a difficult, well, not so difficult problem to, to handle is how do hundreds of thousands of researchers then find and discover uh, to be able to read and push the forefront of science forward or research forward, how do they discover all these articles that may be sitting on uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of different individual servers. And I think a big piece of this can be solved with uh, following the examples of preprint servers like uh, archive.org, A-R-X-I-V 
.org and similar preprint servers to it, uh, which have become commonplace in the academic industry. So researchers who are looking to uh, show their primacy of publication will typically put their research uh, and preprints of their research on these uh, servers, uh, and there will be some reading and commenting back and forth uh, typically not on those servers, but uh, outside via email or other uh, communication means. But typically then those uh, pieces are then refined as the journal article is submitted to multiple journals for potential acceptance and then further peer review. So if we follow these, there are a few examples in the IndieWeb community, in particular Indie News, which is uh, found at news.indieweb.org. Uh, and that is subcategorized by a handful of different languages. There's another example at indieweb.xyz, which has a, a more flexible architecture in which one can post material to it and uh, arrange a particular category, tag, or title as a top level uh, to post further details from. So if we look at archive.org, and we map it onto something like uh, indieweb.xyz, a researcher, and for argument's sake, let's take uh, uh, Albert Einstein as an example. If he were to publish a new paper on physics, he could then post all of his own data on his website. He could post the journal article itself on his website, cross-link those same, same two things. He could then use uh, an IndieWeb uh, piece of functionality known as the web mention, which is essentially a cross-website and cross-domain, uh, cross-content management system way of doing uh, notifications from one website to another that one has uh, no one has linked to it. So if one is familiar with uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, or Google Plus. Uh, most of these are known as at mentions. Uh, so web mentions allows this type of at mention functionality to work from one website and one domain name to another. Uh, and for further reference, I'll direct people to an article I recently wrote for Alista Part uh, at alistapart.com that covers web mentions, what they are, how they work, and as well a few kind of generic examples for user interface. But suffice it to say that these web mentions could be used by Albert Einstein. Uh, when he publishes his paper, he can put in a web mention to a service similar to indieweb.xyz or archive.org and send a mention to that service. And that service then will parse his page, uh, create a title and maybe an abstract or stub on it that then indicates there is a new piece of research by this uh, wonderful researcher. And then other researchers who are interested in, uh, and let, let's say for, for argument's sake that uh, uh, Einstein tags his article with the broad category of physics and maybe a, a subcategory of cosmology. So then the receiving uh, aggregator site could then post it under multiple tags so that it's then easily discoverable by other researchers who are subscribed to those uh, subcategories. And of course, then there's 
no reason one couldn't subcategorize a journal article by uh, you know a dozen or more tags so that it could be slotted into a multitude of areas of research. So in the case of archive.org, uh, quite often people will cross-post things in areas of, uh, let's say, mathematics. They may be subcategorized both in uh, information theory within mathematics as well as information theory on the computer science side. And they'll have two or three tags so that researchers who are doing multidisciplinary work can find that piece of research. So this typically happens in the wild now with preprint servers. So what I would say is we could build quickly and easily build infrastructure. In fact, we could take the open source nature of uh, Indie News or I, I don't know if IndieWeb.xyz is open source, but I imagine it, its creator would allow that um, to build an infrastructure for making this uh, research to be easily subscribable and findable by the broader academic community and then in some sense a uh, decentralized version of academic journal publishing could be uh, created uh, thereby uh, the one other piece that's missing is what happens when albert einstein dies uh, his website disappears or goes away because someone has quit paying the bills. Um, this is another uh, area where corporations and or uh, research universities and libraries in particular could uh, step up their game and create archives of or copies of all of this work that's being otherwise hosted on smaller private servers. So, for example, things like the uh, Internet Archive, uh, it's very easy to ping them uh, when publishing one's own work on one's website so that a copy is then uh, stored on their server. Uh, similar things could be done in the higher education uh, business and could be the cost could be fronted very easily by university research universities or libraries. And in fact, I think even from a technical perspective, the barriers reasonably low for doing this, but the uh, financial incentives compared to the millions of dollars most academic institutions are spending on uh, bigger higher-end publications could be subverted to this and still be pennies on the dollar uh, in comparison. So this is my quick thumbnail sketch of what this uh, indie web for research and publishing could look like. Uh, I want to try. I wanted to try and keep this to about ten minutes, so I've succeeded there. What I'll do is I'll put a few links to some of these resources and examples that I've mentioned into the show notes for the microcast. Uh, and sometime off in the future, I will see if I can expand on these ideas, provide some additional examples. Um, illustrations and or screenshots of how a workflow like this might work so that academic researchers can use the concept of academic samizdat to publish their own data, their research, and even all the underlying uh, materials uh, that led them up to that research. So, you know, that could include the fact that, you know, as you read a journal article, you can post that you've actually read it as well as all of your annotations and highlights uh, in much the same way that many of us 
uh, in the IndieWeb community are already doing. Uh, and in fact, I will also mention that there is an IndieWeb for Education uh, stub on the IndieWeb wiki. Uh, I also think a lot of this is uh, overlapping of how journalism works. So there's also a journalism stub on the wiki there that may have some additional thoughts and resources as well. So I'll, I'll leave it at this. Uh, we'll pick it up hopefully at a, a future date and time. But ideally, this sketch uh, can serve as a, a roadmap for other scholars or researchers who might be interested in disrupting this area of academic publishing uh, to be able to allow others to uh, get a jump on what's going on and self-dog food bits and pieces of this. Uh, as we all move along. So until next time, again, this is Chris Aldrich of bafosaco.com. Thanks for joining me. Uh, we'll see you sometime in the future. Thanks.